Welcome to the Keller Williams Realty Van Central Podcast. Real talk with real agents, featuring Connie Buna and Roland Kim. Cool. We're going to talk about the brokerage. and we're Talking talk- about brokerage world. Let's take me back, Roland. What are the, some of the best practices and opportunities when looking for a brokerage? And I'd like to break it down in a few different phases of your career, because I think that like many of us, we have different needs at different times and maybe different brokerages are a better fit at one stage of your career versus another. But let's take it back. Take me to, I'm a new licensee. I'm keen and I'm interviewing brokerages. And isn't it funny when we were like doing this 11 years ago, I don't remember doing that. <laughs> Not just, at all. Someone wanted us. <laughs> yes. Let's get to work. So yeah. I want to start everything off with your realtor. So your business is not predicated or successful in the fact that you're licensed by a brokerage. In my experience in like our market in the Vancouver area, I have not met a bad brokerage. You could literally be licensed at any one of our competitors or ourselves and have a great career, great business. In my opinion, there's way too many realtors spending way too much time overanalyzing the brokerage and avoiding the business. And the business, and we'll get to that another day, but the business of a realtor is, you know, 80% lead gen Mm. and relationship development. And unless the brokerage owner is going to buy all your homes, it's not the solution. However, to answer your question, it really comes down to understanding what is your why and what's important to you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, early on, it changes. It's different for everyone. Like I can honestly speak for myself. I didn't go through that. I didn't interview other brokerages. I didn't even know that was an option, but I know that happens now. So if I was a new realtor without the knowledge and experience that I have right now, the one thing that I would be cognizant of is limited resources and protecting my money. And so I would find a valuable brokerage that is giving me good value for a fair price. Mm -hmm. And I personally would avoid overpaying for a brand or services that I don't need. Mm -hmm. And so I would go into the principle of like, you know, being frugal with a company that's got the basics really well covered. Mm -hmm. And the basics being, you know, I've got awesome training and it's not just conversation training. And I have great leadership that I can lead into. And that runs from like an amazing conveyance office, Mm -hmm. a coaching division and, you know, amazing managing broker And then, you know, someone that will try and lift me up when, you know, the times get tough. And so that comes down to culture. So for me personally, you know, I wouldn't go solely into a virtual platform. I'd still want kind of to know the people that I'm business with periodically. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so bricks and mortar, I think is definitely still important for Mm -hmm. perpetuity, certainly in my opinion. So if I was a brand new realtor, I would find those three points. And if you could, you'd find them where the brokerage is invested in your success. And in a perfect world, what that looks like to me is they make the bulk of their money off me when I make money. And you know, partner, I think I want to stop a minute and talk a little bit more about the concept of making money off me. Mm. Because I think that the way that you say those words is a really common mentality in our brokerage world that realtors have a hard time understanding and digesting. And so thinking about, again, always I'm coming from the perspective of a new licensee coming out into the world of real estate. And we understand, and there is an expectation that you have business expenses. And part of your business expenses are brokerage expenses. It's an absolute need and a fundamental requirement that you be attached to a brokerage in order to practice. And so in order for you to make income, you must be attached to a brokerage. And so 
sometimes I find in my experience that folks have a hard time comparing apples to apples. <laughs> As a brokerage industry, we don't really make it easy. There are so many different models and fee structures that sometimes, for example, it can be confusing whether you have deal fees or splits, whether you have high monthly costs or low monthly costs. Some of those things can be almost distractions from the end result cost. What is it costing me to operate my business at a brokerage? It's a fundamental requirement of your trade and really thinking about it and positioning it from that perspective is one of the things I've really tried to improve as a brokerage owner is understanding how to position that cost of doing business. Yes, but even if you completely understood the cost of every single brokerage offering that you're interested in and you're comparing it on that, you're still going to lose. Like, mm -hmm. unless you figure out what is your why and what is important to you, yes, you're going to pick likely, not the cheapest, but maybe on the bottom end mm -hmm. without even knowing is that good value, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I can sell you this spoon for $2, but is that a good value? Unless you know what you're going to do with the spoon, how hard, you know, like all the metrics that are important to you. Mm -hmm. And then you first need to really understand what's important to you and why and how you're going to apply it. And then kind of like interviewing someone, if you're interviewing someone for a job, you have to do the hard work of going deep and actually saying, well, you know, that option over there is telling me they have amazing concierge services and great training. And you just take it for granted. And then you assume that it's the same level of service as some other company that you have experience with. And you haven't dug deeper into it to realize, you know what? It's easy to talk the talk, but mm -hmm. walk the walk. Mm -hmm. And so my biggest challenge with realtors is they do like 30% of the research and it's like the veneer level instead of, you know, you got to dig down and really understand what is important to you. And then based on what's told to you, you got to figure out, does that exist? And is that still important to me? Mm -hmm. And then you got to figure out, okay, it does exist. Now I got to talk to people that have been there. Mm -hmm. Is it working for you? Mm -hmm. And how is it working for you? And this is how I see it. Is that still the case once you're there? And then find folks that have left and figure out why did you leave, you know? And that is the degree. If you're going to really interview brokerages, it's kind of like setting up a job interview when you want to hire someone you know, beyond the meeting is where the meat is. It's doing the intel on references they give you. It's figuring out their background. It's really understanding based on what they told you, how much of that is bluster and how much of it is real. Mm -hmm. And that's where realtors fall down, be it new realtors or especially seasoned realtors. Like there are so many realtors that periodically get courted by a great brokerage where, you know, they're taking some time and understanding what the opportunity might be. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not interested in moving at that time. And then a year later, impulse happens, something happens. And so they make a poor decision in a moment of weakness. Mm -hmm. We see that again and again. Mm -hmm. Well, in so many ways, it's very similar to our real estate practice and thinking about a seller perhaps making an impulsive decision to list with the person that's come and knocked at the door as opposed to doing some research and selecting maybe an agent that resonates more with their core values and their needs and their and where they want to go. So I'd like to talk a minute then if we could dissect that a little bit more. If you were offering advice to new licensees, can you tell me what three things you feel are fundamental to the vetting process as you're comparing one opportunity to another in terms of where they're going to be hanging their license to get started? Sure. 
So first, it comes back to you. So you need to figure out what is it that you're looking for so you know what's important to compare. Mm-hmm. And then numbers. So, you know, we try and tell most people that are going into real estate, try and have, you know, six months of reserves so you can get established and become a professional without the pressure of your finances motivating you and your decision making. And so the cost of operating your business at a brokerage is incorporated into that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, figure out what you need. Figure out apples to apples so you can really compare what each brokerage is charging you. Mm-hmm. And then check to make sure that what you're looking for exists. Mm-hmm. And I really want to move this conversation to established realtors. Because that's where, you know, honestly, I think new realtors do the best job mm-hmm. of interviewing brokerages. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like that first time buyer wanting to know everything. Like they're asking amazing questions. That's a hundred percent. What a great analogy. It's so true. Yeah. Whereas the busy professional that's moving from one great house to, you know, another opportunity, they just want the job done and they might be beneficial from slowing down the process and really figuring out, you know, right from what is motivating them, what is causing them to make this change. And so move that into a professional realtor that's been around for six years. If you were that person Mm. and you were deciding to look on the landscape of what's available to you and is there ways of moving your business towards the next goal, how would you do that? Are you asking me that question? Well, you're a very successful person, more than six (laughs) years, but take a step back. You know, it's always hard to strip away experience from this response. So One of the things that always felt important to me when I was looking for brokerages was, number one, I am at my core an education-based individual. I love learning and it's really important to me. So when I was getting started in real estate, the training program that was presented to me, I had very little ability to compare apples to apples, but what it looked like looked like kind of the structure or the system that I needed in my world to help me launch. And then as I got more experienced in my career, it became more about the fine details of what is being offered. Is there, for example, like what became really apparent to me is the need for there to be a structure or a system around transaction processing. Mm -hmm. Most of us as established realtors have our own systems of relationship building and how we might be servicing a buyer or a seller at any given time. Over and above that, the logistics of how a transaction is coordinated, processed, tracked became very important to me because in my fundamental personality is I'm not really, really great at that organizational side of things. And so I knew that that was my weak spot. And so I wanted to find a, a brokerage that offered some good resources from that perspective. And then as I was becoming more established, one of the things that I find quite interesting is as we have regular conversations with realtors at a variety of stages of their career is, and maybe this was my own naivety at that time, but I didn't realize how much you could lean into your managing broker for support and for assistance. Like it just didn't occur to me (laughs) that I could call the broker to ask them like a strategic question around how to handle a multiple offer situation. Like I literally remember being in my first multiple offer situation and trying to reach out to my broker at the time and, and unfortunately not being able to reach them. And then when I got a call back, it was a very cursory response. It was sort of a off the side of the desk. I didn't get a lot of love and I certainly didn't get any strategy. And I ended up calling my former realtor in another province (laughs) to ask her for advice, because the other thing I didn't have at that time of my career is I didn't really have any relationships with other realtors. Yeah. I had no idea who to call. And then as I became more experienced, I 
developed better relationships with peers. And so I, instead of, again, instead of calling the broker for advice, I was calling peers and in reflection. And as somebody now that sits in the seat as a broker, what I realize is that I was certainly not maximizing the opportunity in front of me because I've worked under some incredible managing brokers with amazing knowledge and resources. And I just didn't understand the questions to you ask. Didn't reach and so out to them. I didn't reach out to them and yeah. I didn't ask them the right questions. And so, you know, as established agents, I think the relationship and rapport and accessibility of the brokers at the office is so huge and so powerful. And I've had the opportunity now to connect with and mastermind with some of the best brokers in our marketplace. And, you know, what we understand about the managing broker pool in our province specifically, but in lots of marketplaces, this is not a local issue whatsoever, is that there's a big gap between age brackets of brokers. Lots of older brokers that are in the sort of twilight years of their career and not a lot of young people kind of coming into that role. And so for me, when I'm interviewing as an experienced agent, I want to understand, you know, how relevant is your experience and your knowledge? How committed to you and how committed is the brokerage to staying on top of the ever-changing landscape in our industry? We obviously understand intuitively how litigious our world is by its very nature. There's a lot of money at play. There's a lot of emotion Emotions. at play. And that can be quite a dangerous combination. And so one of the things that feels really important when I think about, you know, our conversations with experienced agents is like the more volume you're doing, the more exposed you are is the honest truth. And on the other side of that coin, if you're only doing a transaction or two a quarter, there is a risk there too, because you may be out of practice. You may be out of habit. You may be lacking in terms of relevant and up-to-date knowledge. So Again, how much is the brokerage offering you that guidance and support, providing you with that updated knowledge and information? So certainly that conversation and relationship with the broker is so, so huge. Hi, I'm Mike Lloyd and- We're, we're the Home Happy, happy team. team. Brendan? I'm just so excited. The couple of first time home buyers who didn't think they could get into the market just had their mortgage approved by the lender. That's what this job's all about. Excellent. That's what experience and lender connections can do. We help our home buyers build what they may not think is possible. That's the best. Our technology makes it fast and easy too. That's key in today's market. And that's the strength of having a team. We're each experts in what we do to ensure our clients get the best experience possible. If you're a first time home buyer, let's start building the right strategy for you. Your future starts now. Click apply now to get started. What about yourself? You've gone to a, a couple of different fantastic brokerages. What would you say is one of the things that in hindsight you realized that it would have been a really, really important thing to kind of hone in on and isolate? Yeah, I think I'm a little bit different. Every brokerage I went to had nothing to do with the brokerage until the last one and more to do with the opportunity. Okay. Right? And I think there's nothing wrong with that. The first, I fell into real estate in March of 2009, thought I'd do it part-time. You know, my mother-in-law thought very highly of Rick Stonehouse at Sutton, mm. and he was willing to kind of do a little bit of mentoring for me. So I just got licensed at Sutton and, you know, shadowed him and learned. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up at that brokerage, not because I didn't even know who Sutton was, but it's because I respected someone that worked at their brokerage. 
And then, you know, that ran its course. Another opportunity came up where my previous realtor thought that, you know, we could partner up. And so I moved to their brokerage. Things evolved and we never fully did the partnership, but the brokerage was great. Like it was fine, you know? So I just continued mm-hmm. really at that point, I, I buckled down and grew my business. Mm-hmm. And so I honestly didn't spend a second looking at my brokerage bill or analyzing that there were other options out there. I just did my business and it wasn't until later in my career where my success was predicated on systems and knowledge and training that wasn't happening at my brokerage that I was finding that I was getting. And Mm -hmm. I realized I want to create the brokerage that I'm getting all these systems, training and knowledge from and bring it locally, you mm-hmm. know? And so that led us to why you and I launched Keller Williams Realty Events Central, you know, with the boutique feel with amazing backend system that pretty much anything you want to excel in, there's leaders that will help you mm-hmm. get there. Yes. But I'm not typical. I never interviewed brokerages. I never looked at brokerages comparing them. I had an opportunity and they were licensed at a brokerage. So I moved there. Mm. Interesting. Well, a little bit of a similar trajectory in that for me, the onset was, again, the conversation was really around training. I come from a corporate sales background. And so for me, I was so heavily systems based in my corporate sales environment that I felt like I really needed some degree of structure so that I could build my day around that. And that looked like being able to engage in training almost every day. And so that was one of the initial reasons why I joined the brokerage. And then when I moved from that brokerage to another brand, a combination of things, I had a really powerful conversation, many conversations with their phenomenal recruiter at the time, who did a tremendous job of helping me do a needs analysis. She really went deep with me. She hit all the right buttons for my motivators. And she helped me understand how the power of the system offered within the brokerage can have a direct relationship and impact on the business. What I know very intuitively is that it's always about what you're personally putting in Mm -hmm. to the pie. And then moving from that brokerage that also had a phenomenal managing broker, that's where I really started to understand the value of the relationship with the broker. And I established a great relationship with the broker there. And I frankly still respect and admire him. And he's still a wonderful leader in our industry. And what I realized through that was, again, because of naivety and also just you don't know what you don't know is, I realized that that was going to be an integral part of my sort of evaluation of any opportunity moving forward was what is the relationship like with the broker? And I moved from a different fee structure because again, many of our brokerages locally have different fee structures. And one of the motivators for me to move to another brokerage at this point, I was about six years into my career and I was working in a brokerage where I was surrounded by certainly young leaders in our local industry. And where I felt like I was falling short was I was not a lone wolf. I'm very much a team player But I didn't have enough credibility potentially at that time that I was not in relationship with those folks. I wasn't benefiting from being surrounded by leaders because that was not the culture of that Mm -hmm. office. And that is very much a brokerage culture thing that I've learned that said that you can get it in some places and some places is simply not the experience. And this was a little bit more of an old school culture where people were just kind of doing their things behind their own doors. And so when I was moving to my third brokerage in my career, I say this with total honesty, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying on 
different opportunities and different brokerages. And I feel like it's been a really great experience for me actually to learn and, and understand what's important to me personally. One of the major motivations for me was cash flow. Yeah. Again, that's something that I learned the hard way. It's not something that I went into the business understanding really well. And it's unfortunate that I wasn't at a brokerage when I started that taught me about that. I'm sure there were components of learning about a good business planning and budgeting and and all the other things. And maybe I just didn't bite into that or it wasn't part of the core programming, but it was a cash flow consideration. I was at a brokerage that was a very high monthly cost with a fairly small deal and split. But at the end of the day, I was very concerned about, I was intending to have a baby and I was really concerned about what my life was going to look like. I had absolutely no idea what my life was going to look like when baby actually (laughs) arrived. Lo and behold, moved to the other brokerage, awesome brokerage, loved it. In fact, interviewed with them when I was first getting started and they were among the top contenders. So I already had a nice rapport with the leadership team there, phenomenal broker, and a really nice little boutique office, wonderful environment. Ended up having, after the birth of our first child, I ended up having the best year of my career in the first year that my baby was born. And that was definitely a surprise. <laughs> and ended up, you know, in terms of dollar for dollar costs, ended up paying quite a bit more than I had ever have, paid before yeah. and would have paid in many other scenarios. So that's my personal trajectory. And one of the things that for me was the most compelling reason why I chose Keller Williams as an organization and I chose Keller Williams as a a brokerage to attach myself to and as a franchise to purchase and invest in is because I felt like it really touched on all of those major kind of rocks that were important to me. And so it was about having an organization that could offer me the breadth of support that I think I needed and wanted to build. And so one of the things that I think is really neat about the fundamental culture that we were both very drawn to is this idea of sharing, of abundance, of opportunity at any kind of place in your career. And so one of the things that I think is really cool about what we offer is the brokerage model here unlike many other brokerage models, is in fact predicated on the success of the agents. Our fundamental business model is such that we won't be making any money as brokerage owners unless our realtors are successfully transacting business. Mm -hmm. And there are many, many other models where it's simply a volume scenario and volume equation where you simply just have enough agents on the roster that it pays the bills. And, and so there's not as much investment in teaching people how to fish, so to speak. So that's one of the things that I think in terms of just drawing out my path, but what do you think a great brokerage leadership team looks like? What is that in this place of your career now? Yeah, this place in my career. And also at this point in time, I think it's evolved from what it was when we got started. And when we got started, it was you had an amazing managing broker mm-hmm. and you had a conveyance department and you had a receptionist, right? And they all felt kind of isolated in doing their own job. And now I think the future and a great management team is they're integrated. They're, um, you know, doing daily huddles, doing weekly meetings, and they're fortified by further skills. So mm-hmm. to me now, the perfect brokerage has, you know, like it's a conveyance department, but it's more than that. It's like a financial management system. And so this department obviously conveys the deals that realtors do, but they also guide the realtors. So 
for example, at Keller Williams Van Central, you know, what we call is MCA, but it could be, you know, viewed as a conveyancer, is giving guidance and feedback to realtors when they're wondering, should I, is it time for me to become a prec? Um, mm -hmm. Or is it time for me to join a team because I'm at the limelight of my career? I'm looking to, you know, harvest my database. I don't want to push it anymore. And so, you know, our conveyancers are totally different than the conveyancers I remember from when I got started. Mm -hmm. They're not huddled away in a corner where mm -hmm. you don't know where they are. Mm -hmm. They're part of the leadership and guidance. And mm -hmm. so I think that's integral because they're financial managers for the brokerage and they have so much to offer independent realtors that they should be a resource. Mm -hmm. And so you open up the next door at the office and that to me definitely is the managing broker. I mean, the requirements from the real estate council as we migrate into the next body, it's not reducing obligations mm -hmm. and breadth, it, rather it's compounding the responsibilities. So you mentioned previously a really key point, which is there's definitely an aging factor in the managing broker world. Mm -hmm. And so having a young, vibrant managing broker that's integrally involved in what's going on right now that has boots on the ground experience, that would be so important to me because mm -hmm. I, I would really hesitate and have challenges at the stage of my career taking advice from someone that's referencing back to five years ago when they sold a piece of property because the market today is totally different than five years ago. Mm -hmm. So managing broker needs to be current, needs to be up to date, needs to be kind of like a professional bodyguard. Mm -hmm. That's how I would describe it. It's professional all times, keeping me accountable and also making me aware of the opportunities, how I can be better. And then when I need some emotional support and some guidance, they're there, right? Yeah. And then I move into kind of the coaching part of the brokerage. I want to see training and coaching and actually designated people that are doing that hands-on. It's mm -hmm. not a third party. It's incorporated into the model. And then ideally, it's kind of like a general manager person of the brokerage that is there motivating and guiding and leading the entire organization. Mm -hmm. And I always bring it back to a pretty blunt statement. You know, you know me, I say, um, what if, you know, hit by a bus syndrome? And so what if someone got hit by a bus does the organization struggle and fall apart or is it a really terrible moment, but it still has its culture integrity mm -hmm. and the clients are getting the service they need. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be diversified. What about you? Well, I think one of the things that feel important to always reflect on is some of the mistakes made when looking Ooh, for brokerages. Yes. And we see some of those mistakes, obviously, actively, in that we are actively having conversations with people at all kinds of stages of their careers, looking for opportunity. And we have the opportunity to speak with them about whether or not we're a good fit. And so what are some of the things, in your opinion, Roland, that are sort of fallacies that people really seem to anchor into? Yeah, we talked a little bit earlier about new agents and how do they go about and what's the best practice of finding a home. Let's talk about, as we are, you know, established realtors and it still comes back to the same basics, which is know your why of why you're looking for a change and what is important to you. Mm -hmm. And then go deep into yourself in the why. And are you looking to get away from a pain? Mm -hmm. Are you looking to move towards pleasure? Mm -hmm. Or are you moving towards opportunity? Okay. And then I've framed that with, if you're moving away from pain and a problem, are you bringing the problem with you? Yes. Because if we could be really, really honest with ourselves, we're humans and we develop bad habits. Yes. And often we want things to get better, but we haven't changed what's causing it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of realtors, I think the biggest mistake that established realtors do is somehow think magically by moving brokerages, mm -hmm. things will automatically get better. 
And it's ironic to speak to this point as a part of literally the largest real estate organization in the world. Keller Williams has over 190,000 realtors associated with its brand and presence literally at every corner of the globe. And one of the things that we often hear is about brand recognition and brand presence and that being such a huge component of a decision making. You know, there's a part of me that understands that when we're talking with new agents that maybe have no track record of success to lean into. And so the value proposition that you can lean into the reputation and success of the brokerage is very real. That's an irrefutable point. But when I analyze it also myself and my own personal trajectory of my career and analyze it, you know, when we think about, for example, the ever-changing landscape of brokerages in the in the industry, in our local industry, and I think about some of the new brokerages that have opened up, boutique brokerages that have gone from boutique to amazing large amazing. presence, like so many cool I think turn you on your ear mindsets around brokerage presence being the fundamental component of decision-making. And what we realize and what I've learned is that in fact, it's all about you. It's all about your business. It's about your value proposition. It's about your systems and the brokerage is there to enhance your real estate practice. And one of the things that I've found particularly inspiring about some of the new brokerages that have popped up in our local community is just thinking about the way, for example, that they might position some marketing statements, you know, around number of volume of transactions and how we all try to cleverly play with the market share conversation and realizing that, you know, many of these people were all independent contractors. <laughs> okay. So we all might've been at another brand with the exact same marketing message. And now we've all just moved over to this other brand to have the same marketing message. And what it tells me is it's, it's in fact, not about the brand. Yeah. It's about the collective of people. It's about the personal individuals, production, business model, and market share. Whether they're at, you know, ABC brokerage or XYZ brokerage, they're still going to be kind of controlling the market share. And so I do feel like the conversation around brokerage presence needs to be for me, it just needs to be deeper. It needs to be more about how does this make my world better? And also, how does it lift me up, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like relationships and personal life. One relationship might be ending and, you know, six months later, the person you were in that relationship that was ending, if you choose to work on yourself and address the things that previously weren't working, you're a totally different person. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the simple act of moving to a brokerage causes a realtor to reflect and address things that aren't working their best self and then improve on it. Um, but that aside, you know, there's so many great topics that we covered today and that we'll be covering in the months ahead. And a lot of it comes from the emails and messages that we're getting from mm -hmm. folks that are listening to this podcast. So please continue doing that. Please text Connie or myself, email us and tell us what you want us to talk about. Otherwise, we're just going to talk about things you don't want us to. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much, Roland. And it's always a delight to talk to you. Thank you. <laughs>